Today is the ninth day of February. Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible. I am Brian. It is wonderful to be here with you today. Coming to you today from Ilat on the shores of the Red Sea. We have gone through our first full day of travel around the land of the Bible. We're going to be heading out for day two uh, in a bit. But what a joy to be coming to you from Israel, from the land of the Bible. And since we are a community around the global campfire every day for the purpose of moving through the Bible. So let's dive in. We'll talk about what we were doing yesterday and what we're doing, like what's happening here in Israel at the end. We're at the beginning Let's dive in and take the next step forward. The next step leads us back into the book of Exodus, where we are still with Moses, who is receiving from God the ordinances and statues, the laws that will govern and and knit together this cohesive people, the children of Israel who have come out of slavery in Egypt. And at this point, God is revealing to Moses the priesthood and its function and how it works, and what it represents. And so, let's dive in. Exodus chapter 29, verse 1 through 30, verse 10 today. This is what you shall do to them to set them apart as holy so that they can minister to me in the priest's office. Take one young bull and two rams without defect, unleavened bread, unleavened rolls mixed with oil, and unleavened wafers anointed with oil. Make them from fine wheat flour. Put them into one basket and bring them in the basket when you bring the bull and the two rams. Bring Aaron and his sons to the entrance of the tent of meeting and wash them with water. Take the garments and put them on Aaron. The tunic the robe to be worn under the vest, the vest, and the pouch. Clothe him with the sash of the vest. Set the turban on his head and put the holy crest on the turban. Then take the anointing oil and pour it on his head to anoint him. You shall bring his sons and put tunics on them. Clothe them with sashes, Aaron and his sons, and bind small pointed turbans on them. Then they shall possess the priesthood by means of a perpetual regulation. You shall ordain Aaron and his sons for their work. Bring the bull in front of the tent of meeting. Then Aaron and his sons shall lay their hands on the head of the bull. Slaughter the bull in the presence of the Lord at the entrance of the tent of meeting. Take some of the bull's blood and put it on the horns of the altar with your finger and pour out all the rest of the blood at the base of the altar. Take all the fat that covers the internal organs, the lobe of the liver, the two kidneys with the fat that is on them, and burn them on the altar. But the meat of the bull, its hide, and its intestines and their contents, you shall burn with fire outside of the camp. This is a sin offering. Then take the first ram. Aaron and his son shall lay their hands on the head of the ram. Slaughter the ram and take its blood and splash it all around on the altar. 
You shall cut the ram into pieces. Wash its internal organs and its legs and put them with the other pieces with its head. You shall burn the whole ram on the altar. This is a whole burnt offering to the Lord. It is a pleasant aroma, an offering made by fire to the Lord. Then take the other ram. Aaron and his son shall lay their hands on the head of the ram. Then you shall slaughter the ram. Take some of its blood and put it on the tip of Aaron's right ear, on the tip of the right ear of his sons, on the thumb of their right hand and on the big toe of their right foot, and splash the blood all around on the altar. Take some of the blood that is on the altar and some of the anointing oil and spatter it on Aaron and on his garments and on his sons and on the garments of his sons who are with him. So he and his garments and his sons and his sons' garments shall be consecrated. From this ram, take the fat, the fat tail, the fat that covers the internal organs, the lobe of the liver, the two kidneys with the fat that is on them, and the right thigh, for this is a ram for the dedication, and one loaf of bread, one roll made with oil, and one wafer out of the basket of unleavened bread that is before the Lord. You shall put all of this in Aaron's hands and on his son's hands, and you shall wave them as a wave offering before the Lord. Then you shall take them from their hands and burn them on the altar for the burnt offering as a pleasant aroma before the Lord. This is an offering made by fire to the Lord. Take the breast from Aaron's ram of ordination and wave it as a wave offering before the Lord, and it shall be your portion of the sacrifice. Consecrate the breast of the wave offering and the thigh of the elevated offering, which are waved and lifted up from the ram of ordination. They are for Aaron and for his sons. It shall belong to Aaron and his sons perpetually as their portion of the offering from the people of Israel, because it is an elevated offering. It shall be an elevated offering from the people of Israel from their sacrifices, from their fellowship offerings, that is, their elevated offering to the Lord. The holy garments of Aaron shall belong to his descendants after him, so they are to wear them while they are being anointed and ordained for their work. The son who is to be high priest in Aaron's place shall put them on for seven days when he comes into the tent of meeting to minister in the holy place. Take the ram of ordination and boil its meat in a holy place. Aaron and his sons shall eat the meat of the ram and the bread that is in the basket at the entrance of the tent of meeting. They shall eat those things with which atonement was made at their ordination and consecration. But a non-priest shall not eat them, because they are holy. If any of the meat or the bread from the ordination remains until the next morning, you shall burn the remainder with fire. It must not be eaten, because it is holy. This is what you shall do to Aaron and to his sons, exactly as I have commanded you. You shall ordain them for seven days. Every day you shall offer a bull as a sin offering for atonement, and you shall purify the altar when you make atonement for it, and you shall anoint it to make it holy. 
For seven days you shall make atonement for the altar to make it holy. The altar shall be most holy. Whatever touches the altar shall become holy. Now this is what you shall offer on the altar regularly, every day. Two lambs a year old. The first lamb you shall offer in the morning, and the other lamb you shall offer at twilight. With the first lamb, offer two quarts of fine flour mixed with a quart of beaten olive oil and a quart of wine for a drink offering. The other lamb you shall offer at twilight, and you shall offer with it the same grain offering and the same drink offering as in the morning, for a pleasant aroma, an offering made by fire to the Lord. It shall be presented as a regular burnt offering throughout your generations at the entrance of the tent of meeting before the Lord. There I will meet with you to speak to you. There I will meet with the people of Israel, and the place will be made holy by my glory. I will consecrate the tent of meeting and the altar. I will also consecrate Aaron and his sons to minister to me in the priest's office. I will dwell among the people of Israel, and I will be their God. They will know that I am the Lord their God, who brought them out of the land of Egypt, so that I may dwell among them. I am the Lord their God. You shall make an altar on which to burn incense. Make it of acacia wood. It is to be 18 inches long and 18 inches wide. It is to be square and three feet high. Its horns are to be one piece with it. Overlay it with pure gold, its top, all its sides, and its horns. Make a gold border around it. Make two gold rings to place under its border. Make them for each of its two opposite sides. They will serve as holders for poles with which to carry it. Make the poles of acacia wood and overlay them with gold. Put the altar in front of the veil that hides the Ark of the Testimony, in front of the atonement seat that is above the testimony, where I will meet with you. Aaron shall burn incense made of fragrant spices on it every morning. When he tends the lamps, he shall burn the incense. When Aaron lights the lamps at twilight, he shall burn it as the regular incense before the Lord throughout your generations. You shall offer no other incense on it, no burnt offering and no grain offering, and you shall pour no drink offering on it. Aaron shall make atonement on its horns once a year. With the blood of the sin offering for atonement, once a year he shall make atonement for it throughout your generations. It is most holy to the Lord. Matthew 26, 14-46 Then one of the twelve, the one named Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and said, What are you willing to give me if I hand him over to you? 
they paid him 30 pieces of silver. From that time on, Judas was looking for an opportunity to betray Jesus. On the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus saying, Where do you want us to make preparations for you to eat the Passover? He said, Go into the city to a certain man and tell him the teacher says, My time is near. I will observe the Passover with my disciples at your house. The disciples did as Jesus commanded them and prepared the Passover. When evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the twelve. As they were eating, he said, Amen. I tell you, one of you will betray me. They were very sad and began to say to him one after another, Surely not I, Lord. He replied, The one who dipped his hand in the bowl with me will betray me. The Son of Man is going just as it is written about him. But woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would be better for that man if he had not been born. Judas, who betrayed him, replied, Surely not I, Rabbi. He said to him, Yes, you are the one. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to the disciples. He said, Take, eat. This is my body. Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the New Testament which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you that I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. After they sang a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. And Jesus said to them, This night you will all fall away on account of me, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter answered him, Even if all fall away because of you, I will never fall away. Jesus said to him, Amen, I tell you, tonight, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, Even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. And all the disciples said the same. Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane. He told his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and distressed. Then he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He went a little farther, fell on his face and prayed. He said, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. 
Yet not as I will, but as you will. He came to the disciples and found them sleeping. He said to Peter, So, were you not able to stay awake with me for one hour? Watch and pray, so that you do not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to pass from me unless I drink it, may your will be done. Again he returned and found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. He left them again, went away and prayed a third time. He said the same words as before. Then he returned to his disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour is near, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Look, my betrayer is near. Psalm 31 19 through 24. Closing praise. How great is your goodness, which you store up for those who fear you, which you deliver for those who take refuge in you, in the presence of the people. You hide them in your presence from the schemes of man. You conceal them in your shelter from accusing tongues. Blessed be the Lord, because he made his mercy wonderful for me when I was in a besieged city. In my alarm, I said, I am cut off from before your eyes. But you heard the sound of my cry for mercy when I cried out to you. Love the Lord, all his favored ones. The Lord preserves the faithful but he pays back in full the one who acts proudly. Be strong and let your heart be firm, all you who wait confidently for the Lord. Proverbs 8, 14-26 Good advice and sound judgment are mine. I, understanding, have strength. By me, kings reign and rulers administer justice. By me, officials govern, as well as nobles and all just judges. I certainly love those who love me, and those who eagerly look for me find me. Riches and honor are with me, as well as enduring wealth and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, better than pure gold, and what I produce is better than fine silver. I walk on the path of righteousness, down the middle of the pathways of justice, so I can provide a rich inheritance to those who love me, and I can fill their treasuries. The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his way, before his works of long ago. 
From eternity I was appointed. From the beginning, from before the origin of the earth, when there were no deep waters, I was brought forth. When there were no springs filled with water, before the mountains were settled in place, before the hills, I was brought forth. When he had not yet made land or fields or the first dust of the world. Okay, so it's so interesting as we move Old Testament, New Testament, Psalms and Proverbs every day. It's just so interesting to be in the wilderness with the children of Israel as the laws are being given and to be out here in the wilderness with the opportunity to just immerse ourselves kind of in the landscape and contemplate what is happening in the desert, like what is happening in the wilderness. But then we move into the New Testament and we are now we are now in the passion narrative. We are in the last days of Jesus' life and to watch the story unfold and to be aware that we too will be able to walk in the footsteps that we are hearing about or this journey is over is very meaningful. And and this is the first time that we are moving through this story this year. And I always pointed out when we reach the passion narrative in the Gospels because we have four opportunities to look at this and this being our first time through this year may we really truly immerse ourselves in the story the story of redemption the story of salvation but as we look into the story we realize that this story includes immeasurable suffering on our behalf. It's the story of the great lengths that God has been willing to go to to rescue us. And so we have moved through Jesus' last supper, and that is it. I mean, it's the last supper, and so it's famous. But that's what it is, the last meal, like the last meal together with Jesus' friends. Like they're all around the table and this is the last time this is going to happen like this. Everything that happens after this is going to blow their worlds apart. It's going to change everything and it's not that it's a hopeless story but this is kind of the last moment that things are normal at least as they understand normal to be everything in their entire lives are about to change and we followed with jesus into the garden of gethsemane and he's praying and we we have to notice the humanity in these prayers. Is there any other way to do this? Is there any way for this cup to pass? But if not, then this is the cup I will drink. But I have walked around the Garden of Gethsemane and I mean, what is there is very, very um, 
usually very overrun with pilgrims, with people who also want to be there and experience it. So it's kind of hard to put yourself at night and it's quiet and it's dark and but just to be there among the ancient olive trees it's that this scene in Gethsemane is so sad to me Jesus the Lord who had come to reveal the kingdom of God and to show that there is a better way to be a human being, that there's a way that this was all made to work, where everybody gets taken care of and the world gets put back together again. And lots of people are listening, but all the people with the power are wanting to snuff Jesus out. And here he is, crying out to the Father, do we have to do this? And the answer is, we do. And we will certainly continue forward with the story tomorrow, but may we take it to heart. May we immerse ourselves in it and allow it to be inside of us, transforming us. And so Jesus, we love you. We thank you here as we we chase down your footsteps and see with our own eyes some of the things that you would have seen. Some of the hills and the valleys and the waterways that you would have seen. May this come alive to us, whether here or virtually connected to this. May this come alive to us. And may we immerse ourselves in the story of your last days in Jerusalem. And may your Holy Spirit draw us deeper into the story of salvation, we pray. In your precious name, amen. All right, so on our first day of traveling, we left the Mediterranean coast in the ancient Philistine city of Ashdod. And began to travel kind of southeastwardly, and our first place, uh, the first place that we got to get off the bus and kind of visit and see some ancient ruins, was the very ancient city of Beersheba. And Beersheba goes all the way back into the Book of Genesis and the time of Abraham. So we're talking about very ancient ruins. Beersheba is kind of like in a transition zone where things are becoming more and more arid. The further south you go, the more the desert becomes a reality. And you keep going south and you are in the open desert. It's not a concept. It's the real deal and it's a barren wilderness. But Beersheba kind of sits kind of in a transition zone. And so we're able to look around at the ruins, but also just... Imagine how a city, like how a city in an ancient world without electricity or anything like that can survive and the, the need for a, a constant source of water and how it was that they provided for that. And it's not anywhere near open desert, but it, if there were nothing developed anywhere, it'd be this vast, empty wilderness space and so to think of Hagar and Ishmael being sent away, they were sent into the wilderness of Beersheba, where Hagar hears directly from the Lord, and she declares, you are the God who sees me. So in Beersheba, 
we're like literally stepping into the book of Genesis and moving from there. And so we spent some time there and kind of got ourselves prepared for moving into the wilderness and talked about what the wilderness represents in our lives. And that's a, a, a lot of the things that we go through with the children of Israel as they're on their wilderness journey are things that we will need to contemplate as well. What does the wilderness represent in our lives? And so we began to kind of put our hearts in that space as we were able to experience the wilderness itself. We were able to visit a, a, a beautiful overlook that gave us a glimpse into the wilderness of Zin. And it's a panorama that's large enough for us to kind of imagine what it might be like for hundreds of thousands of people to be down in the wilderness and how they would have had. Like, you get the sense of the impossibility of the situation. You get the sense that they couldn't survive on their own. And you can see that one of the lessons of the wilderness is that they were utterly dependent upon God to survive. And it's from the wilderness of Zin that uh, the spies were sent to scout out the promised land, a story that we haven't come to yet in the Bible, but we certainly will. And then we were able to uh, have lunch with actual Bedouin people and enjoy um, brushing up against that culture, hearing a little bit about it, enjoying a meal, enjoying hospitality. And like it, it's in a tent and you're sitting down on, on these mats and kind of eating as you're seated. You're not at a table and you look out the uh, flap of the tent and you see camels and dirt and dust and you realize I'm I'm in a totally different kind of place than I'm used to like this is very different and uh, so just kind of immersing ourselves in the fact that we're here, we're in the wilderness, we're experiencing like this is a happening. And so that's awesome. And then, yeah, and then a, a good size chunk of road to move all the way down to the very, very southernmost part of modern day Israel, which is at the uh, Red Sea. We have a favorite place down there. There's a kibbutz, which is kind of communal living which is a vast understatement but a collection of people together in common for their community and they are dairy farmers and so there's like fresh ice cream there and uh, it's just some of the best that I uh, that I've had it's, maybe it's just being there but it, I love the vanilla ice cream there and so uh, we hopefully get to do that again today but little restroom break stretch the legs maybe have a little bit of ice cream and then uh, all the way down to the Red Sea and on the banks of the Red Sea as the sun is setting we're able to really exhale and really appreciate 
where we are. And it's remarkable to just kind of become aware of, I'm here. I'm literally looking at the border of Egypt. Like, I am here. I look across the water, and that is the country of Jordan. I look further south, and that's Saudi Arabia. Like, I am here. So after experiencing that, then, of course, going and checking in and getting settled into our hotel and having dinner and... That was day one. We have come as far south as we can go. And we have experienced two of the major bodies of water, the Mediterranean Sea and the Red Sea. Before this day is over, we will experience the Dead Sea. But we'll talk about all that tomorrow. And just reminding you that this Saturday, so the 11th, we will have made our way all the way up into the north, into the Galilee. And uh, that evening, Saturday evening, about 7.30 p.m., which is going to be like back in the United States, that's going to be during the day. Uh, So just, you have, you we're all over the world, and so every time zone, that's pretty tough. Just Google the local time in Tel Aviv and then make the adjustments to where you are. And then you can figure out what time it will be where you are when it's 7.15 in Israel. And we are planning to do a Facebook Live. We do this every time we come. We all get together as a group. It's a little bit of a debrief where we can just kind of unpack a little bit of all the things that we've been experiencing and all of the things that we've been drinking in because it's like drinking from a fire hose and to be seen by friends and family from around the world and for the Daily Audio Bible Global Campfire community to come in and be a part like we're all in this together we're going through this together and we're able to answer some questions and just share some stories so make some plans for that that will be a Facebook Live at the Daily Audio Bible Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash Daily Audio Bible. So we will look forward to seeing you then. If you want to partner with the Daily Audio Bible, humble gratitude, thank you. If you find being around the global campfire is life-giving, then thank you for being life-giving. There is a link on the homepage at dailyaudiobible.com. If you're using the app, you can press the gift button in the upper right-hand corner. Or the mailing address is P.O. Box 1996, Spring Hill, Tennessee, 37174. And as always, if you have a prayer request or encouragement, you can hit the hotline button in the app. Or you can dial 877-942-4253. And that's it for today. I'm Brian. I love you. And I'll be waiting for you here. Tomorrow. Hello. This is Prodigal Princess in Massachusetts. Um, I've called previously with reports about how my dad um, had introduced me to the DAB um, while I was in the throes of some serious drug addiction, um, some hardcore substances, and 
Um, I was early in recovery, and um, there were several callers who had called in and had encouraged me, and I just wanted to, to thank you for that and to thank you for your prayers. Um, and I wanted to report that I am almost two and a half months um, clean and sober off of heroin and fentanyl um, or any IV drug use. Um, I have been working in the field. Um, I've been going through some things um, professionally, uh, some toxic work situations, um, some things that are out of my control. I'm trying to figure out what, you know, what is in my control and what is out of my control and, and, and what, what kind of counsel I need to receive and how I, how I should act and be, be proactive. Um, unfortunately, as a, an individual in recovery, um, it is a population that is often marginalized and mistreated, and I'm going through some of that, and I'm just praying for strength and trust in the Lord um, and whatever that outcome may be um, professionally. And I also wanted to give a praise report regarding um, some educational opportunities that I've been able to pursue um, and a request. I need to enroll into one more class and um, I missed the final ad drop deadline uh, because of medical issues and I uh, pray that I... Good morning, this is Ms. Van from Virginia. It is uh, February 4th. Um, I'm just calling in to pray for those who are grieving, those who have lost children, loved ones. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus that uh, you are a restorer, O oh God, in our brokenness. You said that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but you know how to deliver them from them all. You will deliver from them all, God. So we look to you, the deliverer, oh God. We look to you, the one that we can come and lay all of our cares upon you because you care about us, oh God. In their pain, oh God, they may feel, oh God, that there will be no more joy, oh God, that they may not be able to recover from the pain, oh God. But as you did for me, you are still able and will do for others because you are not partial. You are the faithful creator, oh God. Even in our faithlessness, oh God, you do not change, oh God. Every promise you have made toward us, oh God, for our healing, oh God, you are still able and will carry out every word. You will watch over it to perform it concerning those who are hurting you, the Lord of our comfort, the Lord of our mercy. Oh, God, I pray, oh, God, that you will go out today and restore and bring peace. Um, turn the morning into dancing as you have done for me, oh, God, as you continue to do for me. Do for others, oh, God, who are hurting today, who are in despair, who are weary in their well-doing. Oh, God, turn it around. Allow all things to work together for the good of those who love you and who are the called according to your own purpose, oh, God. Come, oh God, and let your presence be felt in their lives this morning. In Jesus' name, I pray. Hi, this encouragement is for Mike in NYC. This is Mike in Hampton Roads. And I just wanted to reach back and encourage you, brother, that, uh, yeah, 40 years young, you're uh, kind of at a halfway point, And definitely, life is 10% of what happens to you and 90% of how you respond to it. So I just pray that your responses will be in a way that helps you make goals and 
plan your time and do things that will glorify God and uh, align yourself more with Him and find yourself that spiritual family, the community that will, will help you grow and prosper. Pray in Jesus' name. I look around my mountain home to see what I can see. And I see a pattern clear as day that autumn's just like me. Fallen leaves leave barren trees. I need you, Lord. I'm on my knees begging you to help me, please. Because I need relief from this disease. And just like these trees, I'm barren too. And I don't know, Lord, just what to do. But I do know the answer lies in you because only you can make my life new. My prayer's sincere. My heart is true. Without you, Lord, I know I'm through. Falling just like those autumn leaves. My life was stripped away. Possessions, friends, and family too. My value, strength, and pay. My hopes and dreams and future schemes would change right before my eyes to accommodate my selfish whims, my pockets full of lies. Just like leaves that change from green to gold to red and then to brown. I was flying high and looking good, but now I'm on the ground. Slowly turning into dust that soon will blow away. Help me, Lord, to do your will and help me as I pray. Help me just like you helped the trees to make it through the storms, the snows, the winds, the bitter cold, and all of winter's norms. And help me see the springtime again, the rain and golden sun. Help me bear good fruit again when the healing time is done. I love you, Lord, with all my heart, my body, mind, and soul. I surrender my all to you. Let your will unfold. BlindTony1016 at gmail.com Once again, I'd like to thank Brian and the Harden family for this wonderful podcast for God's Holy Spirit to flow. Keep it flowing, y'all. Okay, bye-bye. Good morning, Daily Audio Bible family. Uh, this is Blessed One in AZ. It's Saturday, February 4th, and... I'm so blessed, so happy to be loved by God, by Jesus. If I could just ask everyone for prayer for my family, where it seems like flaming arrows being shot at us. My daughter, her name is Michelle. Her family is fractured right now. <sighs> They're experiencing separation, mental health issues, and suicidal fears. My brother was just recently laid off from a 14-year job. He's a good man. And my grandson is struggling with mental issues. He's only 11. I have such faith and such love, and I have God in my heart. They all know God, but they don't know God. If I could just ask for prayers that for God to come into all of their hearts. For them to start leaning on him for their solutions. That he always makes things right. And right now when this storm is happening, I look to the Lord for salvation. I know he's going to take care of this. I just, out of this whole situation, I want them all to know the Lord. I want them to know the Lord. So please pray for my daughter, Michelle. My granddaughter, Tatum. My brother Jeff and my grandson Ashton. Please pray that they learn to look to the Lord for their problems. I thank you all for your prayers. I love you all. Thank you for being here for me and 
so blessed to have this community that I can count on. Have a blessed day.